Welcome to Exhale, a podcast series where we explore topics on respiratory care. Your hosts are Mark Russell, Marketing Communications Manager, and Jansen Lanier, National Sales Manager and Respiratory Therapist for Vitalgraph US, a global leader in respiratory diagnostics. Today, we interviewed Frank Fiorenza. He is the Product Development and National Sales Manager for MacArthur Medical Sales Incorporated. Frank is an experienced registered respiratory therapist with a demonstrated history of working in the hospital and healthcare industries. He is also a medical device inventor with a passion for innovation. His inventions include the Fluso Bypass Adapter, the Fluso TFI, the ODAP Soft Mist Adapter, and the Exhalo Shield. Welcome, Frank, to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Why don't you give us a little bit about yourself on your education, background, and experience? No problem. So my name is Frank Fiorenza. I am a registered respiratory therapist in Ottawa, Canada. I took the tour of respiratory. So my background, I started off in a cardiac ICU and then branched off into general ICU and have been ICU-based pretty much my entire career, which is about 19 years now. But then I also did uh, some time in uh, respiratory home care and then moved over into the uh, private industry to get more into introducing therapies and and trying to advance the profession uh, that route. I have a diploma in respiratory therapy and I have a Bachelor of Health Science as well. Currently, I am the product development manager and national sales manager with MacArthur Medical in Canada and part of the Solutions in Critical Care Network for North America. Wonderful. Having the extensive background that you have in respiratory, can you kind of give me the the pulse or the the state of respiratory in Canada, especially during the the COVID pandemic? Well, I, I like to say it as a lot of industries had to get ready for what was coming uh, with COVID and not knowing what was coming. As RTs, I'd like to say we were ready. You know, really, it's what we did our entire careers, and it just came to the forefront. In Canada, we're still having uh, areas of uh, increased COVID cases, pediatric beds turning into an adult ICU beds, and it's still prevalent all around. RTs now have advanced the role, and when I say that, I just mean that you know we were always an important team member, but now we're an even more important team member, and we're getting more of the, the notice and the recognition across hospital staff, but even out in the general public that didn't really know what a respiratory therapist is. Right. I think that's happening here in the U.S. also. We had a series called the Ask the Respiratory Therapist and picked up about four uh, respiratory therapists and, and asked them about their experiences. And one did say, you know, she's been a respiratory therapist for 10 years and the first five, she couldn't get a job and, uh, you know, waitress and, and did some part-time work or PRN. And basically, you know, when the COVID hit, she became busier and more important than than uh, most staff there at the hospital. Do you see that there's there's RT burnout or staff burnout uh, in Canada like it is in the States? A hundred percent. I think that it's, it's multifaceted where you're getting burnout of just physically working the hours, uh, right. working under, you know, the conditions of being able to remove your mask or very limited time without your mask. I remember working in, uh, through SARS in 2002. They tried to give you 10 minutes just to take all your gear off and, and give your face a, a break. And so that's happening now. And I think the other toll is that, you know, if you're really busy at work and your personal life is quiet and calm, then it's not bad. If you're really busy at work and now your personal life, you know, you're locked down, you're homeschooling your children, 
it really took you know a mental health toll i i think on everyone uh right. healthcare non-healthcare but you know rt's being at the forefront yeah it's been a it's been a long pandemic for the rt world well thank you for sharing that with us it brings insight for not only the folks in in canada but the folks in the states that aren't aware of what's going on outside of their circle right they're so used to their hospital system and that's it you know like mark was mentioning the fact that we were able to talk to different rts across the country about their experiences a lot of them are having the same experiences just in different ways so i appreciate you sharing that with us if you wouldn't mind go into a little bit more detail about what you do for macarthur and kind of what you bring to the table for for the industry that's an interesting story i always like telling this story so my journey you know started off in in the rt world uh, working at the bedside and then had these you know crazy ideas for products or as an RT, I always say we're just professional Legos players and we could put together anything we want with uh, enough adapters, connectors and bits and pieces. Right. Uh, so I always had these ideas for this doesn't make sense or could this be done better? And, you know, you never really think anything of it and, you know, had a book and I would just kind of draw things and whenever your mind could wander. And then it hit a point where I came up with the concept that I believe would truly work uh, for Fluso. And then it hit the the crossroads to say, well, uh, am I doing this or not? So I always say it right. was the awkward conversation of uh, sitting down with my wife over a, a lovely dinner and a bottle of wine and saying, hey, I want to go all in on a device that I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if people are going to buy it. And, you know, do you want to spend a ton of money on patents and uh, go all in? So uh, she said yes. So I don't know who's crazier, uh, me or her. But uh, that kind of started the journey. And at that point, I started the development for Fluso and filed a few patents. And then MacArthur Medical approached me in regards to it and then said, hey, we'll license all your patents for Fluso. And then why don't you come on board and work for us and you can continue to market it and develop it and do all the manufacturing stuff. So alongside clinical education and dealing uh, with the sales team, because all our products are very clinical based, mm -hmm. uh, is now entering into the manufacturing world, which is a very different world. You know, when you go to school for respiratory and then get into manufacturing, it's, a, it's an eye-opener. Well, I had uh, the pleasure of, of meeting your wife when I was in Ottawa last, and uh, I'd say you're both crazy in, in the best <laughs> of ways, and you have support uh, coming your way big time, uh, not only from her, but also with the folks at MacArthur. So it was nice to see. So you you said Fluso, and I and I've heard that your nickname is Mr. Fluso. What uh, <laughs> what uh, what is exactly Fluso, and, and why do we need it? So Fluso is a bypass adapter to allow you to introduce a secondary ventilation source to minimize, eliminate, or reduce circuit disconnects. So I went on this tangent of working in a cardiac ICU at the University of Ottawa. Heart Institute, and it's a world-renowned cardiac center, and to change a filter or take a patient on transport, I had to physically remove the patient from the ventilator, yeah. and, you know, normally we would place the ventilator circuit under the patient's pillow because we know it's sterile under there, and then you're saying, like, well, I'm disconnecting the patient. I would tuck the circuit under the pillow because I didn't want to get sprayed with whatever was in that circuit or humidity, and, sure. and so this whole process was taking a long time. And you're going, well, it doesn't make sense. You're getting lung collapse. You're getting risk of spray. And, you know, what can be done? So the development of Fluso, it's a very small adapter. It's only about nine cc's in uh, 
in dead space. And it looks almost like a Y piece, but inside there's a swing valve. So what it allows you to do is you're ventilating the patient off of your stationary ICU ventilator. Uh, then it allows you to hook up a transport ventilator or a resuscitation bag, activate the ventilator or squeeze the bag. And then you can safely put your stationary vent in standby. And as soon as you do that, the valve works off of fluidics. So it instantly closes off the side to lower pressure. So Perfect. it's actually a very seamless scenario, but then what that does is it allows you to put your vent in standby so you don't have the spray from the ventilator, it keeps the patient end closed so you don't have passive exhalation uh, into the room from throughout the endotracheal tube, uh, and you don't lose the PEEP. So ventilator-induced lung injury is the collapse and re-expansion of the lungs over and over and over again, and so this is eliminating that circuit disconnect. Wonderful. All about the PEEP, right? It's keep the peep, my friend. Keep the peep. Keep the peep. <laughs> Perfect. Let's parlay that to COVID. So we're using this a lot with COVID patients in transition and, and moving them. Tell me the, the patient flow. So what's interesting is before COVID, so the product uh, Fluso Bypass was launched in 2018. Uh, at that time, it actually, we won the silver award at the Medical Design Excellence Awards in New York City. And we took, uh -huh. we were a finalist. Uh, the uh, innovation prize out of Paris, France, out of 267 products from 17 wow. countries. That's incredible. So it, every time we talk about Fluso, people just go like, that doesn't exist. There's nothing for that. And it, it, it just one of those things going, you know, you could get into a, a $150,000 SUV that'll basically drive itself, a super advanced machine, but you eat with a spoon every day. So it's not always these innovations that have to be so crazy and out of this world. Basically, the greatest ones are the ones that solve that problem that you have every day. And for RTs, they subconsciously disconnect a circuit a ton of times. Like you could hit 20 circuit disconnects on a patient in, in a day. And that's just normal therapy. That's nothing too crazy. That's under normal. So when we launched pre-COVID, we were in a variety of hospitals in Canada. And really, the problems were still the same, right? So you still had TB, you still had bad pneumonia, you still had medications you were nebulizing, you still had circuit condensate. So you didn't want to open the circuit or disconnect at that point because you still had the risk. And then, well, PEEP is PEEP. I, I Googled the other day, if you go to PubMed and you, in the search bar, enter the word PEEP, you get 31,000 articles that have PEEP referenced in them. And if you Google circuit disconnect you get 590 and the majority of them deal with circuit like an electrical circuit so you know one is we're trying to optimize peep and maintain peep and titrate peep and but then you circuit disconnect where you basically lose everything when covid hit it really brought forth the airborne or the staff safety side of it and that became a huge propellant for the device in the in the marketplace but in all honesty 95% of the hospitals using uh, Fluso was for staff safety. And then the fact that you kept the PEEP and the fact that, you know, you have uh, ventilator associated pneumonia benefits that you're keeping the circuit closed was, it was all gravy. And then obviously post COVID was basically everybody wanted it for the staff safety and stopping the airborne contamination. And then, like I said, everything else was just bonus or, or a value add to them. So through COVID, you know, it was the best thing an inventor could hope for and the worst thing an inventor could hope for. Absolutely. Because what you had was 
finally people saw and really pushed the need through, right? So it, it was like, this is now at the forefront. But then you entered into the whole back of house area where, you know, trying to manufacture a new device in a COVID environment and everything on back order and supplies and, and raw materials. And so it, yeah, it really became a, uh, a roller coaster ride throughout the whole journey, but talk about stressors throughout COVID. Absolutely. So we went through the same thing, you know, being with Vitalograph. It's it's one of those things where you tell a neighbor, yeah, I work in respiratory diagnostics. And they're like, well, you guys must be very busy during uh, uh, COVID. Well, guess what? We're not. The labs and everything are, are shut down at this time. So, you know, we're, we're just making ourselves available for like, like what I've mentioned before as being a resource for those facilities. They don't have the availability to to do PFT or spirometry studies. So one of those where uh, it was a strange year. Uh, it, it continues to get a little bit better every day. So, so before COVID, you know, we had products that, you know, we had the telehealth monitors mm -hmm. and we had the BFE, uh, BBF, BBF filters. And those those products, you know, were nice to have. But when after COVID came, then it, it's an, an essential item to be out there because people are needing to, they're not coming into the uh, physician office. So they need more modern devices like our lung monitor type product. And then the BVF filters are, are being more essential with a lot of the uh, clinics opening back up and are concentrating on, on making sure that they're not spreading any type of COVID when new patients come in for testing. It also kind of goes in waves as well, because uh, yeah. the waves were, you know, at the beginning of COVID, Fluso is an accessory to a ventilator, but at the beginning of COVID, it was ventilators. That's That was, That's you know, the diehard right. item that everybody needed. And so now, so it's actually, now it's becoming busier because everyone's got their ventilators. They have tons of ventilators. They're lined in hallways and government buildings and and storage rooms and and they're all over but now it's like okay the dust has settled for that how can we efficiently ventilate properly ventilate protect ourselves you know if you look at ppe your personal protective equipment you know you put on a, a mask and then you put on goggles and then you put on a face shield and then you put on a gown and you put on gloves and it's not one thing that's protecting that clinician but it's all protecting you know from the outside coming in where Fluso is actually targeting the source. So if you're stopping the release into the environment, you're just making it that all your PPE is that much more effective because it's 99% not testing it to its max. That really helped, uh, really helps clinicians. Because, you know, we've all gotten the phone call. Hey, by the way, were you working in room 12 last week? Uh, you may have been exposed to TB, right? That was pre-COVID, those phone calls, emails were all the time and now you know anything you could do to attack the source in my mind will will dramatically help uh, we agree we agree 100 percent. so speaking of preventing you know the spread of everything can you tell me about air filtration systems because i, th I think you guys represent a, a couple of the products so the reason i asked is i was just at a occupational health conference and they've been really pushing an air filtration system for, for a couple reasons. One, to limit the spread of COVID, of course, if it happens to get into the room. And two, the time between patients that's needed. Can you kind of give us a little bit of background of what you guys think or what at least the recommendation for the air filtration? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're seeing in Canada now is that the Canadian Society of Respiratory Therapists has put out a position statement indicating, 
you know, use of filtration in PFT rooms. And so the majority of PFT rooms have added in a air filtration. There's um, a mix of them. So there's the, the HEPA filter only, and then you have the HEPA filter with the uh, addition of a UV light bulb inside. So you get the filtration and the sterilization of the air. And then through that though, then it there's so many different sizes, right? So it's how many circulations of airflow can you get in a period of time to then say, well, if I can move more air, I can cut that half an hour down to 10 minutes. Or if I get a smaller one, then now I'm, you know, it's going to be 45 minutes. And so that's really when they're looking at that turnaround time, it's basically on the sizing of the unit yep. and other features like a negative pressure top that'll actually suck in the air and help move it quicker. But we're also seeing emergency departments using these units and it's almost a makeshift negative pressure room. You know, it's it, a lot of emerge you don't always have or you have very few isolation rooms. So these units put inside there can help with that. And actually, ironically, this morning I received an email from one of uh, one of my reps that was saying diagnostic imaging. So when you look at MRI and CT, these areas are, there's outpatients. So they're not a negative pressure intensive care unit. Uh, there's outpatients that are walking in off the street to get scans. Absolutely. So they're looking at these devices for those, I call them common areas, where you have, you know, a, a TB patient or a COVID patient from the ICU, and then it's somebody that, uh, you know, fell skiing or something. Yeah, me, me personally, I'd love to, to walk into a facility and see over in the corner, they've got a filtration system that, that makes me feel a little bit better, right? Uh, but then also here in the States, we have such a backlog of, of spirometry, PFT, oncology, cancer patients that need to get diagnostic studies done that this 30-minute window, 45-minute window between patients just continues that backlog to get further and further. So maybe this could be a good opportunity to really have that open discussion about getting the filtration system in. So in my opinion, I think it's needed because if you look and say uh, there's a backlog in Canada and it could get into, you know, a two or three year backlog for you to get a spirometry PFT and you're going, you know, so you got to deal with the unknown or deal with your your lung disease for three years before you, yep. you can start treatment. To me, it's just doesn't make sense. Yep. Could be too late. Well, Frank, as as an inventor, yep. I'm sure that Fluso was not your only brainchild. Is there any other products that you have developed? It's like anything. Once you get your feet under, uh, I had a ton of ideas. So I dusted off my old book and and kept adding new ideas. And then so when we launched Fluso in 2018, we got it into use. It was mainly pediatric and adult and small peds and neonates. You know, you couldn't use it. It was just too heavy and too large. And there was a couple other things that customers were saying, you know, how can I bronch and still keep a closed circuit? How can I change my inline suction? I had an idea of a concept for almost, I, I call him Junior. That's his nickname in our manufacturing world. Uh, so a smaller version. So Fluso TFI was born about midway through the pandemic. Sure. And so, you know, there's tube clamping and that's a term that's thrown around, but it's actually not a term. It's a, it's a barbaric attack on an endotracheal tube with a pair of forceps. And, sure. but clinicians didn't have anything in their tool case to keep the peep. So they were, you know, they do this to pinch off the endotracheal tube uh, and try and keep the peep. But you risk damaging the tube, you risk damaging the pilot line, you risk increasing resistance, you risk new, like there's a ton of lists and it's, it's not FDA approved or Health Canada approved. 
Uh, and so what Fluso TFI is, is basically a safe way to temporarily uh, interrupt the gas flow for a quick change. And so that now is about a third of the dead space, uh, you know, about a quarter of the weight. So it's, it's a dramatically smaller. So what it does is it opens up to the areas that already have a policy in place or they, they reference tube clamping. This now gives them the safe and, and legal way to do it. Uh, but also it allows them to put it on a smaller population. So really there's no patient in the hospital that can't be using Fluso or be on a Fluso. So that sure. was developed. Uh, and, and so both Fluso bypass and TFI are now available in Canada and the US. But alongside that, I'm also the inventor of ODAPT, and what ODAPT is, is an adapter to go on the Bollringer Ingelheim recipe mat devices, and it allows you to connect directly to a tracheostomy or to a face mask. Hmm. So with the plume of that medication, it's a soft mist inhaler, so that soft mist has a different dispersion type, so it's a much slower, longer release, it's a different cloud, it's not like an MDI. Uh, so in the instructions for use, they indicate don't use a chamber. It's not referenced for that medication. And so working in hospital, the Bowringer rep came in and said, hey, I've got this drug. It's fantastic. And so when I said I work in ICU, nobody takes it orally, right? It's either by face mask assisted by a caregiver uh, or through tracheostomy. He said, well, you can't, you can't use it. It's not indicated for that. So I came up with an adapter that would allow that. And then there's four published studies on it showing its uh, effectiveness. And then also through COVID, so I, I kind of went on a on a tangent over the past three years, bringing a lot of these things to the forefront. Another device is called Exhalo. So Exhalo, it basically is a mini scavenging system for an oxygen mask, an aerosol mask. Uh, so basically it connects to your simple mask, your non-rebreather or your aerosol mask. And then there's a port on it that allows you to connect it to the vacuum source or the suction wall, uh, wall suction at a hospital. It's like the hood fan over your stove. You turn it on, it'll get the airflow moving in that direction and pull it away. And it'll go through the uh, bacteria viral filter on your suction canister. And you're minimizing or eliminating that airborne contaminants or release into the room. Wonderful. That one's been, the, yeah, that one's a really interesting one based on the, the you know the fluidic concepts and, and kind of where you get your ideas and that one was you know do you like the smell of bacon in your home after you're done eating it no so the aha moment was turning on the hood fan over the stove right don't you love those aha moments yeah it's the easy right. stuff that comes through or i work with an engineer you know i've been working with him now since i started this whole journey and we've become friends and colleagues and he can build whatever he wants, but it's the collaboration of, this is the clinical need that I see with my expertise. And now how can we incorporate this into a AutoCAD drawing or, or use advanced 3D printing to get some prototypes and test it out and see if there's anything here. And it's been the collaboration in my mind that true innovation comes from combining different areas and resources. I agree. You know, a lot of times engineers make something they think is what's needed. And then we have the, the clinicians that, that are asking for something and don't know how to tell them what they need. So when you can come together and produce something that that is uh, innovative as well as uh, fills, fills a need is, is amazing. So thank you for doing that. I do have another question. What do you do? Yes. What do you do when your brain shuts down? Well, if it ever does, I'll tell you. You know, what do you do? Uh, you know, what are you thinking about right now? 
because she knows that she could tell when the little mouse is on the wheel and, and something's going on. But actually, I do. I'm a soccer player. I know it's probably stereotypical Italian. I play soccer. <laughs> but actually, alongside that, I like to do uh, home renovations, you know, tiling, drywall, framing. And it sounds weird because people are always like, you do that to relax. And to me, it's I'm project oriented, task oriented, so I can actually do that and then sit back. It's a complete change of my daily mindset. And then I see what was accomplished at the end of that day. It's it's much more tangible. Absolutely. Are you the uh, type of person that has a notebook by the bedside and, you know, write down these ideas before you go to bed or wake up? Yes, sir. Because that's those are the ones that you don't remember when you, You're exactly you get up right. and go, was I, you know, as we age, that <laughs> doesn't get any better. It's great to hear about your product development. But as national sales manager, how has COVID affected your selling business model? It has changed everything we do and every way we operate. It's been crazy. So, you know, from the back of house side, you know, when COVID hit, we divided our office into two shifts. So this way, you know, we are an essential service and everything we sell is airway, respiratory, PFT, all your products, all that. So it's all it's all needed. So we ran two shifts. And so one team was working in the office and then they would work for a week and then they would go home and the other team would come in for the next week. And, and we were still paying everybody full salary because you can't lay people off in this industry because we still needed everybody. But to try and split up these shifts that if one team got COVID, they would go home and they had to isolate. The other team was still up and running from the sales side. You know, I've had some sales reps that I hired two and a half years ago and just met them for the first time two weeks ago. Huh. Uh, you know, Zoom is not the same. So you look at all the, the video platforms obviously exploded, but it's not your normal interaction with a clinician. Uh, it's not the same conversations, you know, and on, alongside that, you know, launching a new product like Fluso and now you're not allowed in the <laughs> hospital or you have limited access to do all your teaching and education. So you know, I ended up a complete revamp of our website to have more education added into it. Uh, all the reps now training on meeting management software so they could take notes properly. We use a program called Fellow App uh, to help them manage that. And I use it daily. Then obviously we're, we're a Zoom company, so we use Zoom for everything. And it's finding all these ways to still interact and host your in-services or sales calls virtually to minimize the impact or the entrance into hospitals or limitations to that. So it has been a complete shift and it does not look like it's going to go back to normal. Like when I started out as a sales rep, I went to the hospital and I saw a respiratory and they said, you know what? Anesthesia asked about something. Can, you know, why don't you go see them? So I walked over to anesthesia and then, you know, I walked back down to, to the OR and then we were all over and you could do that. And now you're going in to see respiratory. You go see respiratory. They sign you in, they walk you out. So it's changing your whole time management as well. You got to run more efficient because you can't do the pop in or just float around. Yeah, we agree. Well, Frank, have we covered everything? Uh, is there anything else you want to tell our podcast audience? No, I added in just to say that I do feel uh, honored that it's actually RT week as well that I'm doing this. And just to include a shout out to all the respiratory therapists everywhere, you know, friends, colleagues, future friends all around. Thank you for your service, and I'm proud to be an RT. 
Frank, we appreciate having you and uh, we appreciate all the work that you've done, uh, not only for your business, but with us as partners. So uh, your staff is amazing. I really enjoyed my time up in Ottawa with you guys. I see great things out of your, your folks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Frank. And keep those ideas coming. <laughs> I will. All right. Thanks for your time. You've been listening to Exhale with Vitalgraph. Your hosts are Mark Russell and Jansen Lanier. We hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Please leave a review and subscribe for new episodes. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again on Exhale with Vitalograph.